Welcome to Afternoon Delight. Real people, real stories. A local podcast for local artists. Welcome back, everyone, to the second last episode of Afternoon Delight. I mean, honestly, I can't quite believe, I really can't quite believe this has happened. You know, I said this last time for last night's episode special on the election that something that I did not anticipate, you know, was really unprecedented, I guess, um, really didn't anticipate it was three seasons of this podcast, and I can't believe we're at the second last episode. I feel like I'm, feel like, I'm like letting my child go to like university and they're leaving home it's so weird it's going to be an absolute iconic next two days today's guest is absolutely incredible i've known her for years and i'm so excited to finally have her on in season two um, her and jamie grandison also known as blaze and drag had done a pilot for their new show style fixers and i always knew that when the show dropped she would come on whether that was towards the end of season two or that was the middle of season three and She's my second last guest. She's absolutely incredible with makeup. Um, anyone that can do makeup, in my opinion, is brilliant. Um, I mean, I can do makeup, but I don't do exactly the most polished and incredible looks. Like, I turn out the looks, but, you know, you can own it. But she genuinely has such a craft that I think is incredible. The amount of time she posts her makeup, clients' makeups on Instagram, I'm like, oh my God, yes, gal slay. She, I didn't know she wanted to be a pop star when she was younger. I mean, that's interesting. I should have asked her actually who was her favorite Spice Girl, but me and her bonded over Xtina, Britney, JLo, all the 90s, 2000s pop. She has been doing costume and makeup for a lot of different things, performed on stages, and she is the other half of the iconic duo in Style Fixers. And this was honestly such an important episode because she also highlighted the importance of ADHD and getting a diagnosis, in particular for things that are related to neurodivergent and mental health. Honestly, I was quite surprised with how this episode went, but actually I really wasn't knowing that she's an Aquarius like myself and knowing her over the years. Um, she is absolutely a style icon. It is, of course, Alana Carson. Welcome back to Afternoon Delight. This is going to be an absolute dream of an interview. I've known her for years. She's an absolute style icon, which is very apt for the reason that she's on. She's going to give me some style tips, some bedazzling tips. Um, and she's great with budgets in terms of this show. You know, they, they do it well and they do it cheap. And that's my drag to a T. So I can't wait to interview the absolutely incredible deck and half of a double bill. We've had Jamie Grandison season two. It is, of course, Alana Carson from Style Fixers. How are you doing? I am doing so good, darling. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh. ever so excited. I just feel like I needed to get you because... Obviously, Style Fixers has dropped last week properly the whole season on um, BBC iPlayer. Now, I don't mind you giving spoilers. I've not managed to watch everything, but what I've watched so far, the first two episodes and the pilot included, so free. Oh my God, I was gagging. Like, <laughs> the only time I like to gag is watching a TV show, right? And I was gagging. Of course, darling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Apart from that, we're not gaggers. No. <laughs> but I. <laughs> It, like, was so impressed. I could see as well, actually, um, and you can feel free to talk about this later on, but I could see the progression and the development from the pilot to the full season. There were so many little nuances that I went, wow, that really made uh, a huge impact. But it was just 
It is right now for me, the pandemic has been so brutal up and down, but this show came at the right time because people just need entertainment, fun, energetic stuff. And that's what you've both done. So well done to you both for getting it done during the pandemic. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I think that's exactly it. Like we just wanted to create a show that was just a bit of a laugh and fun and feel good. And I think it's got a little bit of something for everyone in it. You know, I was, I was, I was talking to uh, my flatmate about this. Like, you know, you could watch it for the laughs if you just wanted to, or, you know, there, there is like some pretty interesting tips and techniques. So, or you could maybe like it all, who knows? But I think it has got like a wee bit of something for everyone. So I'm so happy that it's like finally out and everyone's getting to enjoy it. It's exciting. What's it been like for you? You know, like, you are a TV star now. What's that been like? Oh, gosh. I mean, I definitely don't see myself as a TV star in any way. Okay. That is very sweet, darling. Um, it has been so exciting. And being completely honest with you, like, it, it's been quite nerve-wracking as well. Like, because it's just went zero to 100 like we've you know I've been um furloughed all year round I'm a self-employed makeup artist so I've kind of been in my house for a year um not really seeing a lot of people and to kind of just have that level of exposure from nothing has been quite overwhelming but incredible and so grateful for the opportunity amazing and I can understand that completely but and I know you say oh you know I'm not a tv star but gal <laughs> you said, stop watch the pair of you and were like born for TV. I'd said to actually Jamie um, ages ago that I remembered very vividly being in makeup bar when Jamie was giving me one-to-one -one drag makeup lessons and I'd heard you talking, right, when I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you two just need your own TV show. You just need this. And you both kind of smart to me, yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm being serious. Listen, like, you just need something. And lo and behold. <laughs> Darling, I, th I think you wrote it into the stars. I, honestly, I do. I, I truly believe that. I remember that. That was so funny. You were like, you guys, you, you just need to be on TV. And we were like, well, we did have a wee sutton up our sleeves, but we were, we were keeping it quiet back then, you see. Uh, <laughs> well, it's been such a great interview, and I'm intrigued to hear more about your work in general, as well as Style Fixers, but would you mind introducing yourself for my listeners? That would be absolutely brilliant. Sure. So my name's Alana Carson. I am a makeup artist from Edinburgh. And yeah, I'm, I'm now on this new journey of TV. Um, I've done lots of different creative things. Um, I started off as a singer um, and got into makeup artistry when I was 21. I've done a bit of costume design and I'm now, I guess, a backup dancer to the one and only Blaze as well. So a wee bit, I, I like to say fingers and pies, Jordi. Fingers and pies. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jamie as well on their episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> and I'm the same. I love my pies, so I totally feel you. So Same, honey. Before, obviously, you kind of did style fixers and just worked as a makeup artist and everything and started doing stage work. You know, you say singer, you know, what was life like for you? Are you from Edinburgh? Yeah, you know, did you grow up in Edinburgh? Yes. So what was life like when you grew up here, you know, before... You pursued this stuff, you know, where did you grow up, study, work, live? What kind of was life like as a kid and teenager for you? 
Sure. Um, well, I am from a place called Dalkeith, um, just outside of Edinburgh, specifically Woodburn, which is a little council estate just outside of Dalkeith. And yeah, life was, well, I was always a very anxious kid, like didn't really have a lot of confidence. Um, but, you know, when I was at home, I was always dancing, singing, wanting to be creative. And everyone always said to me, oh, she's got to be an actress that daughter of yours she's got to be an actress and I just kind of felt a little bit like that was definitely the path that I wanted to take but no one kind of around me had a life like that and I didn't really think that that was something that would ever be achievable for me um when I was 10 uh, not long after my parents split up I actually moved away with my dad my sister stayed with my mum and I me and my dad moved to Perth um so I'd done high school and stuff up there so it was completely taken out of the environment I was used to I went from living in a council estate playing Kirby to climbing trees in the countryside in Perth so I've kind of had quite an interesting childhood in a a way that I had sort of two different perspectives really Um, and up there is kind of where I really uh, sort of honed my craft a little bit I guess with um, you know the creative side of things and really kind of got into music and and singing so yeah that was that was kind of my early childhood. Right I I didn't realise that you liked singing so like what sort of music did you like singing then? Um, Well I all like Christina Aguilera was my gal, you know, like I am for anyone listening who's like Gen Z, you're going to be appalled at this. But like, I remember when Stripped came out, like I remember buying the CD, like I'm that old, hun. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, like I played my first gig when I was eight years old at Woodburn Miners Club. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hit me, baby, one more time. I will have, you know, and um yeah I just always wrote my own music and I wanted to be a pop star Jordy that didn't work out for me Jamie also wanted to be a pop star and now we've kind of grew up to be arraying versions of pop stars in some way I'm the exact same as you you know I was on channel five a few months ago and they were like let's interview you about being a drag queen I was like right and I made the 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 poor decision that through it all, I made one joke. And I can say this, right? I went to them, yeah. you're really well now, what's your ambitions? I went, oh, like, I want to be on stage. I want to make a difference. No, I just really want to be a pop star, haha. Now, I was joking, but what did they use? Me being that like, quote. I want to be a pop star. And I was like... Everywhere. That's the headline. <laughs> and I was like, right, so now I'm a pop, pop star. Okay, wh- why not go for it? Um, like, yeah. Like, gal, but I thought... I guess it is growing up in the sort of 90s and seeing Britney Spears, Xtina, um, all these pop stars that were living their absolute fantasy and you're thinking, oh, I want to do that. Like, I want they to- were our icons. Like, you know, that's who, you know, we, we grew up before, you know, social media, really. Like, you know, social media kind of didn't come into our lives until what well we were in high school like sort of you know it became more of like prevalent that was a big word for me um I know so like we we grew up watching MTV like that that was what we looked up to like it was an amazing time and I am so thankful that I grew up during that time and I think that's where my imagination 
came from, which still plays a big part in my career today. So that's so yeah. important because for me, you know, when I used to DJ at CCs, and I say used to just because the pandemics happened, but when I used to DJ at CCs and I did Naughty, which was like my Naughty's night, every <gasps> everyone. Every poster, every like sort of three, four months was a famous, well-known 2000s moment with my face Photoshop. So my favourite poster that we ever did is still my favourite was my face on Madonna and Britney Kiss. <gasps> Iconic. Iconic. And like, I remember that being aired. Like, like honestly, like that, that was our life. Like, I remember that moment. I remember it being in Shout magazine. It just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Iconic. I know. I remember like see, seeing two women kissing and thinking, the same sex can kiss. I could get behind that. <gasps> hundred percent hundred percent because we you know nowadays I was actually talking about this today uh with my model at the photo shoot she's like you know quite a bit younger than me and it's amazing that we're at a place now where that's you know really normalized as it should be but you know when we were growing up it wasn't like it you know if you've seen two women kissing it was it was completely um sexualized it wasn't like to me, growing up, seeing two girls kissing, it wasn't like, oh, they're in love. It was, that's a performance or that's for men or something. Whereas now I am like so happy that the next generations are growing up with that being normal as it absolutely should be yeah. and is. I know, brilliant. So obviously you want to be a pop star growing up, but you know, kind of what <laughs> me, obviously, apparently, according to Channel 5, but what made you get into being a makeup artist then you know did you go study that at college or did you just kind of fall into that like I fell into drag um yeah so I always for me like performing and and singing like makeup kind of always sort of played a part and it was a way how I expressed myself like like say I was quite shy very anxious especially at high school as well but I always wore makeup and I kind of seen it as a little bit of like my armor like it was like how I expressed myself um and again I didn't really see how that could be a career because like back then if you thought of makeup artists it was like well they're in Hollywood that's it like or or they work in tv and you can't ever get a job like that because you know you're from a council estate like you there's no way you're going to be a professional makeup artist that was my thinking um when I left school I went to Stevenson College because I moved back down to Edinburgh which is now Edinburgh College out of Sight Hill so I went there and um I studied music and I'd done a night class uh on makeup well I think it was a cosmetology cause I can't even say it I can't even say it darling but I can blend that's all that matters um and I'd done I'd done a night class there for a few months um and then I just kind of left it for a few years and I you know was just singing and I was working in bars in Edinburgh and I was just ready for that next step in my career I was like look you might not grow up to be Britney Spears but maybe you could be a makeup artist (laughs) um so I applied for a job at Urban Decay when I was 21 and I I got it and that was the beginning of my makeup career amazing that's so interesting and I know what you mean as well that anything arts related any we've had three seasons of Afternoon Delight and I speak to so many artists that you know um especially drag actually you know, you see drag artists talking on Drag Race about, 
oh, I've, I've had to work this full-time job to pay for drag and do drag. And yeah. the people I talk to that are like, yeah, that is in the industry, not even drag, normal that we're working loads of jobs to cover cost of other things. It's been such a norm. So I totally understand. Yeah. I do want to be a pop star, blah, 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 but actually maybe I could do makeup because obviously I take it you're very... The armour thing actually is such an interesting comment for me because I feel that of a drag queen. I did... Two weeks ago, I did my first live singing gig on Zoom and I was shitting myself. And <laughs> when I was doing my tech run, I was like, oh, I'm so bad at this. Oh, my God. And then in drag, I was like, oh, I can do this. I don't care. It absolutely is. Like, honestly, um, sorry if I'm going off tangent, but oh. see, see, for me, drag came into my life. Like, I mean, I always kind of knew about drag and stuff, but, you know, when I met Jamie... And, like, drag came into my life. It resonated so deeply with me because I completely related to it. And I, I'm in no way saying I'm a drag queen or anything like that. But the the art, the performance art of it, it's like drag has just got such a, a beautiful meaning behind it. And it, it really did resonate so much with me. And then, you know, me and Jamie always joke, we're like two drag queens. Because, you know, I, I like to wear a lot of makeup when I do that one. Um, and I do, in, in some ways, you know, like especially if I'm getting ready for, you know, a blaze show or style fixers, I feel like I'm in drag. It's it's like, and essentially, my character. That's, you know, and that's how I can have the confidence to do that. Because in my normal life, I'm, I'm still, still the same, but not as confident as when I'm I'm in my full beat, you see. Yeah, and I totally believe. <laughs> and I would say, you know, obviously, I've spoken about this so many times in my career that women can do drag. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's of course, yeah. Changing now, like, in terms of gender and sexuality. But I know what you mean that even just, it's like going on a night out. Like, you know, I used to go on nights out a lot of the time in drag instead of out of drag because it made me feel yeah. really confident, sexy. And I'd think... Oh, I'm in CCs, I'd be with my fishnets on, my heels, my makeup, and I'd be like, I am feeling sick tonight. And then I'd go out and try, yeah. oh, I feel really awkward, I'll just sit like with my bottle of beer here quiet. Do you know what I mean? Like, I totally... Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. It's it's like that, um, that switch that kind of goes on, and you're just ready to, like, unleash that side of yourself that can totally go for it without any inhibitions that's how I see it for sure like I, I love it I love watching queens get ready and the transformation I'm just I'm just in awe like I'm obsessed I'm absolutely obsessed so talk me through then how did you end up getting a job at the makeup bar and then also at Bohemia yeah so I I worked at Urban uh, Urban Decay for probably about two and a half years um, and I I ended up being a pro makeup artist with them and it was incredible and I got to meet some incredible people and really hone my craft there. Um, and after a while, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to take it to the next step and go self-employed. And that was scary. Like, that was, you know, really scary. I was I was on good money. I was traveling the UK, teaching masterclasses, lessons. Like, it, it was a lot to walk away from, but I really just believed that it was the right time um, and then I just I just reached out I, I I always say that to people is there is no harm in trying like don't wait for things to come to you it, you really have to be proactive in life mm-hmm. um, so I just I just reached out and um, I had uh, induction at the makeup bar and it was it was quite funny actually because like you know the 
the style of makeup is, you know, glam, night out, you know, to Lulu And I went in, I took, I took my friend um, and I, I just had to sort of showcase what I could do. And I think they were expecting like a buffy, like golden blend. And I'd done this neon, <laughs> like winged out with, with like drawn on hand painted stars. And uh, they were like, okay, well, if you can do that, I'm pretty sure you can do, like, you know, a nude cut crease. So you're hired, like, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Bohemia was around about the same time. Um, the entertainment manager at the time, Lauren Glass, I had known her um, for a few years, just kind of in the sort of gig scene. Um, and they were creating this brand new venue that just sounded so London. Like it was just, I was like, wow, like this is coming to Edinburgh. Like is Edinburgh ready for this? Like I need to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I, I went along and started doing makeup and then it progressed from there and I started getting involved with the costume. And now it, it by the end, you know, obviously just before the pandemic, it was me and Jamie running the department. So it's kind of been a gradual process over about three, three, four years. And you, the pair of you, have put on some stellar shows, like with photos and videos. Oh, thank you. Obviously, the videos um, have been shown in Stealth Fixers as well, of like you behind the scenes and Jamie saying, let me say, I need a glass of water or something, like, or a juice. Yeah. I just was, I need juice. And I was like, what? <laughs> so honestly, like, it's... It, it, it's just chaos, Jordi. It's just absolute bloody chaos. And, you know, it's very much like I'm the assistant and I love it and I love my wee place. And, um, you know, I, I kind of assisted Jamie for like a, a while with, with the shows and eventually turned around to me and went, I think you're ready. I went, no, surely no. He went, honestly, look at your tutu, get a wig on. Stick a heel on, you're on the flare. I went on the way. Then that was it. And I just remember watching, was it Gab, Gab or something, but you were talking about Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, you made the error there, blah, blah. And you're like, no, I just <laughs> was decked. <laughs> no, it's just the way the photo's been taken. He's like, no, <laughs> shouldn't be there. And I just remember thinking, like, don't pick apart these things. But I thought, God, if there was photos of me constantly, you'd have everyone going, was that meant to go there? And was that meant to happen there? I'm just like, So funny room feel it in the air which can be a bad and good thing um, yeah yeah so it's my, my favorite thing is taking the piss out of myself though like it's honestly like it is just I think I think if you can't take the piss out of yourself like how on earth can you enjoy your life like it is just it's so important to like not take yourself too seriously so like when he rips me for stuff I'm like hey what Dylan? I was late I did miss my cue <laughs> but you still killed it <laughs> Killed it in my wee blue tutu eye. <laughs> Incredible. And I just, I remember that with all the shows. And even when I had Blaze doing my fundraiser, obviously, at CC Blooms. Yeah. It's just like, you just put on a show. I think the pair of you are very good at going, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. Do you know what Thank I'm you so much. That is really, really kind. That is really kind. Oh, um, yeah. We we just love, like, like, like you say, you know, we grew up with MTV. We grew up with, like... Me and Jamie will sit for hours and hours and hours and watch every Katy Perry tour, every Beyonce tour. Like, we're obsessed with world tours. Like, I, I grew up needing, like, you know, like a hydraulic stage, like a toaster, that, like, sync moment, the pop-up. Like, that 
was what I grew up on. That's what I fantasised about when I'm, I was eight. I'm now 27 and I still dance in my room, Jordi, and I'm not even ashamed of it. <laughs> in every room in my flat, so... Perfect. I, I am not ashamed. <laughs> That's great. Um, and yeah, even with Pride, I just remember, like, Pride was chaos for me, and me and Jamie talked on this with the last episode with um, him doing the podcast, and I'd said, you know, that day was chaos, but I'd remembered saying, you know, like, and he'd said that, you know, I introduced him as the Beyonce of drag, just because it was, I knew the moment that was happening, you were all there, I went, I know yeah. that we had turned it. You know, you'd have thought, I hate to say this to her, she's lovely, I spoke to her backstage, but you would have thought that was the headliner and no Talisa. <laughs> Because we bumped into Talisa in the hall, and honest, honest to God, I just wanted to like run and grab her and be like, "If you love you, doll, I love that song." But I was like, "Kim, Kim, you're like you can't, you just can't, can't embarrass yourself like that." That was when I met you. I'm sure that was the first time I like properly met you, yeah. and I was so excited. I was <laughs> sweet. Well, this is the thing. Like, I just remember backstage because I know you said about Talisa when I spoke to her backstage, and it was like. I was doped up on the cold mug because I wasn't well. And I was standing there like, hi, all right. Didn't even kind of acknowledge because I just went, hi, all right. And she goes to me, are you that drag queen that messaged me on Instagram? And I was like, no. <laughs> she went, not me, hon. And oh, do you want a photo? And I went, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, sure. Just like, it was so, I was just like, where am I going? Who am I introducing next? It was so yeah. Cool. But I did, I did think to myself, I was standing with my friend Sarah and I watched and Blaze came on and he's rolled in your thing and I went, and I said to Sarah, I was like, that is how you turn out. Like, and she's like, well, I mean, to me, you would be like the headliner act. Like, that's the nailing it. I was so proud of Jamie that day. Like, it's so cheesy, but, you know, I was, I am always going to be Jamie's number one fan. Like, Jamie just means so much to me. And I've never met anyone more driven and passionate in my life. And the work that he puts in behind the scenes is like, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm not just saying that because he's my best friend. Like, I really respect him as, as a businessman. He'll, he'll laugh at me for saying that, but I, I do. I, I, I think he is. I really do. I have all the time in the world for him. But this is your moment, so let's... <gasps> Stop! So chat me through some of the highlights of your stuff, because I know you've done stuff for videos and makeup and fashion, and you've also... We can get onto Style Fixer, so chat me some of the highlights of stuff you've done work-wise. Oh, wow. Um... Gosh, I would have to say working in OPM. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was it was a wonderful time though. If anyone is from the Edinburgh area, I probably have served you a bucky bomb <laughs> for sure. Um, wow, gosh, I've done I've done some pretty cool things. I've played some pretty awesome gigs. I've, I've supported status quo before. That was fun. Um, what else have I done? I guess doing the master classes working at um, IMATS and representing Urban Decay as a pro makeup artist was incredible, an amazing opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, the shows at Bohemia, like I still to this day can't believe that that's my job. Um, I would definitely say one of the biggest highlights of my entire life, not even my career, was doing the very first Fringe show, Showgirl with Jamie. Um, and that was August 2019. That was just like, you know, we, we talk about childhood dreams. Like that was literally a childhood dream come true. Like I was so emotional after it because I just was like, I can't believe I've met someone in my life who 
completely gets me for and, and we have like the, the same outlook on life the same the same dreams and we got to share the stage together like it was really like I know it's silly and it's it's drag and it's all camp and fun but like it was really emotional <laughs> mm. um totally. and yeah what else what else but I've, I've had some I've had some really cool like um makeup publications from photo shoots that I've done I've got, I've got a few front covers um, which I have, they're gathering dust under my bed, but I am going to frame them at some point. I need an eagle wall. I think everyone needs an eagle wall in their house. Um, and of course, everything that we've kind of started doing with telly is just, I did not think was ever possible. So super exciting. But I think the best is still yet to come. Totally. And you'd recently shared something on Instagram, like was it a few months ago, a few weeks ago, that you'd done, was it makeup or fashion you'd done for a movie or something or an advert? Yeah, so I've been working with this company called Mea Films, who are based in Edinburgh, and it's two guys that run the company, and they are just so talented and so incredible. Like the the equipment, I couldn't believe it. I was I've never seen like quality like that, like in real life. Like so, we were creating an advert uh, for Converse, um, and it was it was amazing. We shot it over. Um, it was it was during the pandemic as well so you know we shot it actually over a period of like six months a couple of days here a couple of days there um, and my sister was actually involved because my sister does modeling um, so I got her involved as well and I was doing the makeup and just seeing how something like that gets put together you know it's a 30 second advert but days weeks you know months of work to put something like that together and it really was quite eye-opening you know you you just you you sit and you watch an advert and you go cool like 30 seconds whatever when's my show on and actually the 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 level of skill and time and effort that that it takes to kind of produce something like that was was amazing to see and I felt like I learned so much as well from being on set Brilliant. And that is something that I had to take into account with all these sort of jobs that I was filming something recently um, with the National Pier of Scotland. And I was like, God, you don't think about all the stuff that goes into this normally. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, definitely. Even us being in the creative, you know, the creative arts, like it is, I love, love watching, you know, people um, do their jobs. <laughs> I know that's really silly, but like if I, if I go to photo shoots or, you know, like when we were filming, like I'm like, What's the runner doing? What's the camera assistant doing? What's the hairstylist doing? Like, I just, I'm like a sponge. And you just, you can pick everything up. And I think it's really important as well to always understand what what everyone's doing in the room because it helps you be better at your job and what you need to bring to the table as well. Totally, I totally agree. And it's it's a team effort. These things are never... Of course. ...person, one person only. Like, it's a team effort. No, it takes a village. It takes a village. Definitely. So we have had Jamie Blaze tell us about Stylefixers, but I want to hear your um, perspective on everything. So tell me, how did Stylefixers come about and what's it been like? You know, what were the highlights and what was it like filming it after the pilot? Sure. Um, So me and Jamie have kind of like, you know, we've actually only known each other for four years, which is just wild to me because I feel like we, we always laugh. We were like, we were separated at birth. However, we are a year apart, which he always likes to remind me, you see, I'm the older one. Um, but yeah, we've only known each other for four years, but from the second we met, we were creating like 
together. We were just like creating stuff, you know, whether it be like makeup, shows, whatever. Um, so we kind of, we created this duo really early on. Like we just kind of always had that sort of vibe with each other, really. Mm. Um, so we started obviously working at Bohemia together and we were making mockumentaries, right? Just for a laugh for our friends because we've, we have far too much excess energy and we need to put into something. So we were making these uh, mockumentaries, which you can go watch on Jamie's YouTube if you want a laugh. They're called Our Crazy Life. And it's basically like the simple life meets still game meets a drag queen and Alana. And it's just ridiculous. That got noticed by a production company. And yeah, we, they, they offered us like a deal to to do a show and <laughs> just found it hilarious the whole time we're like this surely can't be happening yeah. and it just kind of snowballed into um an actual an actual thing mm. um and obviously the pandemic hit and we were like well that's not going to happen anymore so we just kind of forgot about it and then it was it was picked up again and we filmed it in October last year, um, safely, of course. You know, it was, you know, really, really strict. As you know, if you've been working during COVID, it is... So it does make things a little bit more difficult, but I also feel like it's the new normal as well. And so we're now just super kind of used to it right now. Um, and yeah, shooting the pilot was just a dream come true. And we we had no idea if we were going to get a series or not. So we were just like, let's go have a laugh for a couple of days in Glasgow and shoot shoot a show. Like, how amazing is that? Like, doing that with your best friend. Like, we didn't have, you know, of course we were like, how amazing would it be if we could do it? But we weren't even seeing it like that. We were just like, this is exciting. We're best friends. If asked us to be on the telly, we can get a crash course on what it's like to be on the TV. <laughs> we're going to get to meet loads of amazing people that have incredible stories you know, um, and let's see where it goes. And then before the pilot even came out, we we found out that we were getting a series and it was just Amazing. surreal. <laughs> surreal, definitely. It's funny because with me, with my documentary of BBC ages ago, it was the same. Which I love, by the way. I love. Thank you. And I also, can, can I just say, we've never spoke about this. Your pal Alana. I can't, me and Jamie, me and Jamie always laugh. We're like, nay way. Nay way, we've both got pals called Alana. Yeah. And I'm like, I think me and Alana need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> like the double A show or something. The double A. <laughs> <laughs> a. From a drag queen, a, &A. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's so funny. So obviously when that happened, I remember I was filming a trailer from a show. I was doing my first ever solo show. And I'd wait. Yeah. It was one of those funny things that my, I had to DJ that night. I had yeah. Mac, like, charger had broke. And I thought, are you having a fucking laugh? Like, my MacBook Air charge broke. And I messaged all my friends and put a Facebook post, like, my charger is broke. I have a gig in six hours. Does anyone have a charger I can borrow? And my friend Ailey's like, yeah, I've got one. Messages me. I went, right, cool. I'm going to come literally now and meet you at this restaurant. <laughs> I'm running, doing, out of, covering glitter <laughs> and drag. <laughs> I walk in and she's like, Oh, hey, how are you? I've been filming this trailer. I'm so sorry, blah, blah. And it's her mum and her mum's friends who I've just launched in this new podcast with from Source Productions. And they're like, hi, nice to meet you. What's your name? And I'm like, Jordi, I'm in a rush. I'm so sorry. I would love to sit and chat. 
And they were like, do you want to have a glass of wine? I went, I would love to, but honestly, if I, if I stay, I'll never leave, so no. Yeah, no, if you sit down have a glass of wine, that'll be you all night. I did think, <laughs> gig is literally down the road, I could just go straight like this and say it's drag. <laughs> Perfect, darling. I said to her, I got the charger, and they're like, what have you been filming? And I told them, and I got an, a message. Two months later, they're like, oh, Ailey's mum gave us your email. And I was like, uh-huh. Like, we want to film a documentary about you. And I went, Amazing. I no worry. I went, yeah. Nay probs, cool. And they were like, can we pitch it? I went, I need bother, go for it. Because I'm thinking that'll never happen to me. Exactly. You never think, do you? And then they emailed me, oh, can we come and film you and do a sort of hello who you are? I went, oh, I'm in hospital, babes. Like, this is not the time to, like, film me. And they're like, all right, well, we'll do it in a few weeks. Went, oh, and I was on high on pain meds, right? And I was like, oh, fuck it. Come film me this week. It'll be a laugh. So I was like to Amy at the time. I was like, oh, go and put me in drag for this. It'll be a laugh. And she went, cool. Away with the fairies. They filmed it. The BBC went, we fucking love this. We're, we're, we're commissioning it. And they were like, right, brilliant. They told me. And I went, really? Eh? Mm-hmm. Real. I went, really? So I get what you mean with style fixers that. Yeah. We went, I okay, a pilot, whatever. Did the pilot, went, I okay, well, maybe get a show. And you got it, and you went, shit, what? And you kind of realised. I was like, huh? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And yeah. I think it's so so cool as well, like, that BBC Scotland, like, they're, they're really, like, they want new talent. Like, they want to give young Scot <laughs> Young, listen to me, 27. Really young and <laughs> youthful, um, you know, Scottish voices. They want them to be heard. And I think that that's something that has been lacking for a while. And I, I appreciate that. And I think it's amazing that, like, they've given us all, like, an opportunity. Like, it's very thankful. Awfully thankful. The first two episodes of the new season, obviously, after the pilot, mm-hmm. loved the pilot, couldn't they stop gagging for it, wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> a long time since I've gagged friend wanted more let me tell you but I did I went right mm-hmm. first two episodes uh, I would hate to say this but I am going to say this right I love Jamie Jamie's makeup's amazing your makeup's amazing but I thought to myself I'm pretty sure you're not an Aquarius like me Alana I am darling but when you were like everything black but popping I was like that's my vibe and I thought there I, she is I'd be like because obviously in the pilot did they get to choose you of the two of you no no they they didn't know they didn't know who who they were getting but we we kind of we sort of gauged it as well for you know you kind of know like what what kind of vibe yeah um for sure and uh, obviously we had to split it down the middle um and yeah but i think it worked out really good who we kind of uh went with for sure and our like the contributors that we got on were just amazing like they were such lovely people which made made the show really totally like i want that festival look i was like that has to be magic oh. now on 2000 sheet. honey of course i will make your dress into a crop anytime <laughs> <laughs> obviously like i know we've talked about it quite a lot but you know for this in terms of the show you know what were some of the best moments from doing the whole series and feel free to spoil because i'll watch it but sure um Layla's was incredible. Like Layla's, like for for me, I mean, I I love shooting when we're in the charity shops because that is where I'm most relaxed, most myself. It comes naturally to me, um, and we just have a crease. Like we honestly, like I think I think as well. Like you know, the the show's twenty eight minutes long, but you know we we were shooting for like fourteen hours a day, so there's like 
a like so much content that you know doesn't obviously like make the cut um but we just and we had the most amazing friendship that we developed with all the team and we just we just had like a, a ball we really really did like we just became like a wee family had such a great time and you know the reveals were really like there were some of them were quite emotional like because people had you know came on and you know they were talking and, and like I say there's there's some things that don't like make the final final edit there's like you know when we shoot the interview section or the reveal you know that's like an hour of filming and it gets cut down to two minutes so mm. there's there was a lot like behind the scenes and we really got to know the contributors and you do you feel emotionally attached you do you feel you feel like we mama chickens to them you know, because, and you want to sort of guide them through it because, you know, they might be a bit nervous. They're going on TV. There's, we, we sat and had some incredible conversations with them when we were in the lunchroom, two metres apart, yeah. But, you know, it was, it was great. It was, it was really great. And just to see that difference in the way that they carried themselves and held themselves when they looked in the mirror and were like, wow, like, I feel good. Like, I, I, it just, it, it sounds really cheesy, but like it, it is important and I spoke about this like um uh, in a few interviews that we've done that you know it is feel good and it is you know it's meant to be a laugh and it's all tongue-in-cheek and stuff but at the heart of it like there is a positive message in in the show that you know and I always say like if you wear something that makes you feel good and you feel good within yourself like that does radiate positivity and that has a knock-on effect on others like you know if you're walking down the street and you crack a smile that has a knock-on effect on that other person and then they smile and they, and I know that is like so like fairy tale Disney but I, I do think it's important and I think it's funny because a lot of people see fashion and style and makeup as superficial but I actually see it in the completely opposite way um so yeah it's I'm, I'm really proud of it like I'm actually really proud of it what we've achieved so yeah and I am a sucker for Disney so I love that you put <gasps> same hun uh, <laughs> I totally get you for me makeup fashion you know they they can be character building you know it's part of your identity of course so important course. um it's so great then obviously to hear that because the show honestly is iconic I'm hoping you get several seasons after it because oh I, thanks though I think I'd message you this didn't I it was like if you were to take like snog marry avoid and put it with sort of like <laughs> Drag, <laughs> yeah. love it. Like it's just so. <laughs> yeah. Three back in the day, I used to love watching that all the time. Like snogging my boy, like this is my time. Same. Brilliant. Same. Yeah, amazing. So life has been really chaotic during the pandemic. The last fifteen months. Uh-huh. God, fifteen months. Uh, fifteen months. Wow. It has been a long time, and it's been intense. But something I kind of want to ask you is, like, obviously, you've recently got separate to style fixers um, and ADHD diagnosis haven't you yes yeah has that been like for you you know has that been a good thing or has that been sort of quite a stressful thing it has been at first it was very very positive because um I have always struggled with my mental health mm. um and I've never really had a defined diagnosis you know I when I was nine um I was my mum and dad actually took me to the sick kids and I was diagnosed with depression. Um, but at nine, they didn't want to put me on 
you know, medication. And, um, you know, things were different back then as well. It, you know, there wasn't as much awareness around that, especially in children. It was kind of sort of, I, I don't want to say it was believed because it might not have been, but there was definitely a feeling that you, you can't have depression if you're under the age of 20. Like, it's just not a thing. But it is. <laughs> And, um, you know, it, it was just, I always felt different, Jordi, and I can't explain it. I just, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying when I was, I used to just lock myself in my room and, and dance and, you know, people weren't into the same things that I was into and I, I was hyper, had a lot of energy, but I also had a lot of low times as well. And mm. m- my childhood was quite, quite turbulent. And I just, I always felt like I couldn't, control my emotions and I was always told that as well and so I kind of grew up feeling like I was wrong in some way that I just I didn't fit in as a lot of people don't you know it doesn't necessarily mean you have ADHD it's just I, I just always felt different and misunderstood and even by my family like they didn't they you know they tried really hard um but I never felt like anybody just really got me um I was also, I, I got diagnosed with bipolar, which we now know is wrong, <laughs> oh. um, when I was 20 um, and, you know, put on the wrong medication, which obviously didn't work for me. Um, and that was actually what led me to start doing makeup because I just, you know, not not to get, you know, too emotional and too deep, but you know, I ended up in hospital and it was, it was a real turning point in my life where I was like, I don't want to be sad anymore and I want to gain more confidence and be who I truly am. And that's actually why I kind of changed from working in bars and doing makeup at 21. Um, and then after that, I, 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 I was scared after being on the wrong medication, diagnosed uh, with bipolar and being put on the wrong medication. I was scared to go back to the doctor. So I kind of struggled in a cold turkey <laughs> for a few years, um, you know, because it's terrifying. I was put on an antipsychotic, which, you know, if you don't have bipolar and you take something like that, like it's not great. Um and then I went back to the doctor and they said, no, 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 you just have anxiety. So like, you know, throughout my life, depression, bipolar, anxiety, like it was just, again, still feeling misunderstood by friends, family and doctors as well. So I just always felt like this is just going to be a thing that I just have to deal with. Um, and it was actually the pandemic that really gave me the time to kind of get to know myself. Um I I hadn't stopped like once since I went self-employed I hadn't took a real break a holiday in the whole time that I was self-employed and you know when I'm not gonna lie when when the pandemic hit as terrible as it was there was there was a part of me that was like I need to stop like I this you know it almost kind of saved me in a way because I was headed down a path of you know it just and I needed that time to get to know myself um and I moved in with an incredible girl Katie and we counseled each other like we honestly did as I'm sure a lot of people have done without even realizing they've done it over this past year have really taken the time to kind of get to know themselves um and yeah I just kind of 
got myself to the point where I was like, I'm, I'm ready to really finally, once and for all, get my, my diagnosis. Because although I, I do suffer with anxiety and I definitely have anxiety, I just always knew it was, there was, I used to call it the thing. Jordi like when I was growing up I was like whatever this thing is like I used to say to myself until I get this sorted I can't have a boyfriend or until I get this sorted I'll never be able to have kids or uh, you know I genuinely thought that I thought that I couldn't function as a person um and yeah I actually I got diagnosed with ADHD two weeks ago so it's very fresh it's very new um but you know when she told me that you know, you're not wrong. They're, your brain is wired different to a neurotypical person. And that was at 27, for the first time in my life, feeling seen is all I, that's exactly how I felt. And I was so emotional. And I like phoned my mum and dad, and I was like, none of this is your fault. Cause like my mum and dad like really blamed themselves. Like, you know, we didn't raise you right. We didn't you know we could have done more and to actually have those conversations to be like this is a thing that I can now like learn and understand and really get to the bottom of and you know there there has been there has been moments like although it's overwhelmingly positive because I now have a way to communicate and explain why I'm maybe feeling the way I am or you know why I've acted in certain manners there was a bit of sadness as well because I kind of you can't help but reflect on your life and look back at things that you know people maybe like didn't understand or, or maybe blamed you for or told you you were a bad person that you had like to find out that it wasn't a personality defect that it was actually that I didn't have a neurotypical brain it's actually been quite emotional in in some ways as well although overwhelmingly positive um but yeah that's where I'm at just now that was so raw and powerful and well done you because it's so hard to bear your soul like that and these things you could see that hard sort of coming to terms with that but also sort of a healing property of I'm now feeling fully realized and and that type absolutely I have been creating a piece recently for the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival about medication and the impact yes. of mental health. And I've mm-hmm. a moment of, you know, realising my fully rounded moment in the pandemic. And I, I was like you that, although I wasn't keeping well, I was just working five nights a week. So by the time I'd come home, I'd be exhausted and go, I don't have to yeah. do problems, I'll sleep. And then yeah. pandemic has been... Same. A, I know pandemic has been a reset for me to go, no, nah, do you know what? There's been things that haven't been okay and I need, yeah. to, I need to sort them. And I'm glad that you, because I think that's a really good thing. And a lot of people haven't been able to do that. And that's totally fine if that's their life. But for me and you, I think it really was needed. Um, yeah. Good for you. And, and Thank you. it's so weird to say this, but I feel like if I mention this, this might help you, that my next guest after you had wrote a book about her childhood's neurodivergent. And one of the things in her book that she wrote that I thought was really empowering was um, she was explaining to people at school, when they would say she won't do this, she won't do this, but her daughter, she went, it's not that she won't, it's that she can't. And I... Yes, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, yeah. That's life-changing when you think about it, that sentence, mm-hmm. it's that she can't. Thank you. Like, see, he did that, I'm like, 
uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, when I hear things like this, I'm like, thank you for highlighting that, thank you, because I, and, you know, I, I, I said this, you know, from day one, I was like, look, I'm a 27-year-old woman, I have lived a life, I know the difference between right and wrong, like, but, and I'm not going to ever blame my ADHD on everything like we've all made mistakes right mm-hmm. but to actually go oh no wait and that's ADHD that's ADHD and and learning and as as well like I just want to say like I knew nothing about ADHD b- before I was diagnosed and it's very misconstrued in the media what it actually is like a lot of people think you know when you when I thought ADHD I thought it young boys who just like couldn't sit still and shouted at the teacher like that's all I thought of yeah and it's um it's actually massively underdiagnosed in the UK especially in women and yeah for for a long time you know people believed that ADHD was just a childhood thing and that you grew out of it and there's actually more studies to prove that that is not true um and it actually affects most of your daily life it's not just you know bouncing off the walls I'm super hyper as if you watch style fixers you'll be like aha I see she has ADHD this all makes sense which is now which is now funny because I'm watching it back and I can see when I'm having anxiety tics or different things I didn't know was that um but yeah I've been learning a lot about it and I'm like wow even even from like really small things like I lose everything like if I'm like leaving the house the time it takes me to get my keys my foot my everything goes missing I you know my passwords I I, I forget all my passwords I am just I've always been called scatty and people are always like get it together Alana get it together and now I'm actually like oh wait that's a thing (laughs) it's not that I'm lazy it's not that I'm you know careless it's actually the way my brain's wired so that's been life-changing to realize that totally i just remember my friend nick who's the dj he had it got to that point in january that like by the fourth time we were meeting up i would i knew that he was going to be late because it was his age mm-hmm. as well and he told me when i first met him he's like i've got adhd and i thought i can see that but i won't i was like, all right cool but i'm thinking i can see that 110 percent yeah because he was really late and i thought oh is that because he's just like late and when i saw that all right and it, I'd get a text at like 12 o'clock. We'd be meeting at five. I'd get a text at 12. Right, can we do half five? I'd be like, yeah, okay. Then I'd get a text at yeah. actually go to six. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And it comes yeah. at about five o'clock. He'd be like, right, seven. I'm really sorry. I'd be like, it's fine, don't worry. But I just got to that point that I thought, if I'm meeting him like late, after, like late evening, I'll just make sure I'm not seeing anyone else after because he'll just be late. And yeah. that, that, cause I was aware quite early on and I've worked with people with ADHD. I used to work in a centre that had a lot of people with ADHD in it. So I totally, yeah. I knew. But, um, but I'm yeah. diagnosis and you understand. Cause see when you've got a diagnosis and you understand, it just makes things so much easier. It's so much easier. I, I can communicate now when, now that I know when, cause I, I can tell like I, I, I get sensory overload. So like, and I used to get have anger outbursts. So like, you know, for example, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching a film, which I can't do, I can't watch films like without my phone or if like the only time I could 
actually sit through a whole film as if like Jamie makes me sit through a whole film. Like I'm the kind of person that like watches 10 minutes of it, then I'm on my phone, then I'm walking around. But yeah, sensory overload, you know, it's a real thing. Like, you know, if, if the telly's on in the background, not even loud, and my boyfriend's talking to me and maybe I've got a text message at the same time, that is too much for me. Like I can't, and I used to get very like, I was like, whoa, whoa, everyone needs to calm. And everyone would be like, Alana, like, we're just asking you a question. But now I can actually communicate. And, and you know, me and my boyfriend have worked out, like, a, a, a way to sort of, like, communicate to each other if I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm. And the difference is just, like, I had no idea. I had no idea that it could be this, you know, more straightforward. Like, it doesn't have to be this bad all the time so yeah on a total separate note like you just mentioned your boy a lot there you know what you've what did you meet during the pandemic has that been a sort of ongoing thing before the pandemic what's that been like we met um when was it it august august so it was just when things were kind of like opening up again and we could like hang out and yeah i've, I've been dating him since august and honestly like the love of my life like he's the most amazing person like really like I've never experienced anything like it and it's it's true unconditional love and to have that and style fixers in one year I'm awfully blessed awfully awfully blessed listen babe it's yeah. the, it is. <laughs> the next three years is the age of the Aquarius so we're living our honey we're coming into it yes <laughs> so what, what's on the agenda now then you know what are your goals when I hate to say to my guests, and I have been saying it for three seasons now, but when the pandemic's resolved, you know, what are your goals, yeah. personal goals now that you're wanting to just explore the world? And have you got any professional goals, you know, style fixers, you want to try and get some more seasons or more TV work? What's your plans? Well, I think, you know, goals, I would, I have not been on holiday since 2017, something like that. So, I think I think a well-deserved holiday because I've not had one since before I went self-employed. So I think me and my boyfriend would love to go on a wee holiday somewhere. Can somewhere cheap and cheerful like Ben and Don? <laughs> Benny Bongos are sat in. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really like, I can't wait to go to Thailand, Maldives. I'm like, ah, just get me to Malia. That's my vibe, Ken. I want like a shot glass with like the neon beads. That's my kind of thing. <laughs> um, and in terms of professional, like, of course, like a second series would be incredible. Me and Jamie have so many ideas up our sleeves and I would really like to get into uh, producing as well, like behind the camera. Like I love being behind the camera as much as in, in front. Um, so yeah, like long-term goals, I'd obviously love to continue presenting, but also producing some TV and shows. So yeah, I'm just, ex I'm excited for the future. I feel really positive. That's so good to hear. That's so good to hear right now more than ever because we are looking at hope during season three. So Jamie had, yeah. we and his season obviously had what did 2020 like teach and what we're grateful for in 2021. But your one, because this is last season, we're looking at hope and I would love to hear if there was one moment that things were really shit. I mean, maybe it's something you've already told me, but if there was any <laughs> that things were really tough and hope got you through it or if not that, what hope means to you, it can be either or. Sure. Um, yeah, so about three years ago, I left my boyfriend, who I was with for seven years, um, and he was, like, my first boyfriend. He was a bit older than me, and he was, like, all I knew. And I just wasn't happy anymore, and I was 
terrified, absolutely terrified. And it was it was round about the same time that I met Jamie. And I left everything. I left the car, I left the house, I left one of my cats behind and I took the other. It was a really depressing time. And I lived in a caravan in my mom's driveway. And me and Jamie just sat and we were like, let's start creating together. Let's do things. And he just built me back up to, again and really just, you know, uh, that is a, a time in my life where I was like, hope honestly got me through and laughter Hope and laughter got me through. I think they're the two biggest healers in life. And we started creating shows and my life has just went up, up and up. And so thank you, Next. <laughs> so anyone out there going through a breakup, like you can get through it. Absolutely. If you're not happy, leave and don't be scared. You, you will absolutely start again. You are enough on your own. You're more than enough. You've got this. That's absolutely incredible. I'm so glad. And I know what you mean with sort of building yourself back up from something ending. No, it's, it's one door closes, another opens. But genuinely, yeah. it's hard to start from the ground again. But you, when you do it, look what's happened for you now. Style fixers, your life, your new man. Like you're honestly... Kidding. My new man, so in my TV show. <laughs> uh, absolutely incredible. And where can people watch Style Fixers and where can people follow you on social media before we end with our inspiring quote? Sure. Um, so you can watch Style Fixers on BBC Scotland. It is on Mondays at 11 and Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. But if you like to binge it, because I can use all like to stream, nobody really watches the telly live anymore. I mean, let's be real. So you can watch it on BBC iPlayer and you will get Style Fixers on there. If you want to follow me, I'm at Alana Carson. Maybe you have to have a look at how to spell my name because my mum was on gas in here when she chose my spelling. It's quite intense. Um, A-L-A-N-N-A-H Carson. And I'm only on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Does anything up anybody's made a fake Twitter account? But if they have, it's not me. So that's where you can get me. <laughs> Hope and lots of laughter. You're <laughs> brilliant, darling. Before we finish, um, we ask every guest to bring an inspiring quote, an affirmation, or a quote, or anything from yourself. I would love to hear your quote before we finish the episode. Sure. Uh, quote I live by is, you get out of life what you put into it. And I really just believe that, you know, nothing comes to you. you got to, you got to meet yourself halfway. Um, I think right place, right time. But in order to be in the right place at the right time, you've got to put in the work and you've got to be there and you've got to turn up. So, Yeah. Just if you've got a dream, if you've got a goal, no matter what it is, meet yourself halfway and put the work in and life will reward you. Makes me think of that new radical song, You Get What You Give, like what an absolute... There we go. <laughs> I wrote it. That's that's plot twist. I wrote it. <laughs> oh, this has been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much for joining me Afternoon Delight. Thank you so, so much for having me. That was amazing. I loved it so much. I'm all, I'm all cheesy and I'm all red in the face. No happy in that. Oh, I'm so glad you were so happy, babe. It was all, honestly such a brilliant interview. Um, she did incredible. She spoke so eloquently about everything. Um, I honestly don't know where to kind of start with that interview. The fact that you could see the development of the show we talked about that, the fact that she was open about her mental health struggles. Like I'm basically the exact same with my mental health. I constantly tell people my whole business. Um, the ADHD thing, 
that fully rounded moment of realisation. I just, I really look for that in interviews. We've done a lot of specials on Afternoon Delight. We've done polycystic syndrome. We've done cystic fibrosis. We've done dietetics in detail. We've done an array of illness and, and sort of mental health related topics. And without a doubt, I'm so glad Alana came and talked about her ADHD in such an in-depth conversation because I've got a few friends that have ADHD and being able to, like I mentioned, the podcast, understand people like that really helps long-term. It just really does. The I managed to watch The Rest of Style Fixers after the interview. <clears throat> there was a couple episodes um, left. I was gagging again. Oh, it was... It was so important, it was so great. I think still, out of all the favorite looks that the pair of them done, I'm sorry to say this, Jamie Babes, but the festival look was absolutely me going to the rave in my hippy-dippy drag, like Diana Vickers' realness, like, so great. I honestly thought both of them did incredible. I think they're both made for TV. I'd said that years ago when I was doing the makeup lessons with Jamie, you know, you are made for telly, you need your own show. So accurate. And here we are. Both of them on TV. I'm hoping they get a second season. I hope Alana continues doing incredible work with makeup costume. You know, she is talented, and I hope she realizes after this that she is incredible as a duo and on her own, and she can do this. But she knows that deep down, and I hope she does. And if she doesn't, she does now. Um, and I hope one day maybe she lives her pop star fantasy. You know, get on that stage and belt a tune, gal. Um, honestly, so incredible. Such a great show. Such a great second last episode because our next episode is beautiful. It centers around hope, but it's very heavy going. And this was lovely, lighthearted and heavy, which is just literally me to a T. And that moment of hope, Alana, like I totally understand that when you've got a best friend like that, you know, you're friends for life. Like, you know, my Alana that you joke about earlier in the episode was my Jamie in certain situations. And I totally feel that. And I'm glad you're both there for each other. And I'm glad you found a guy that treats you right. Because do you know what? You deserve it, babe. And I'm so chuffed for you. And keep doing amazing things. Because it is the age of Aquarius, hon. Let's live our fantasy. Join me tomorrow for, I can't quite believe I'm saying this, the last episode of Afternoon Delight. I have got writer, hero, and inspiration, Shushma Jane from London joining me. Behind the book, Layla's Life, My Words that looks at FASD, sensory processing, and cystic fibrosis. And she adopted the gorgeous Layla on her own as a single parent. It only feels right and justice to have her do the last episode to bring us back to where we started at the beginning of all this, that the world truly stopped. And now the world is beginning to open up and there's hope. And Shushma is a perfect example of that. I can't wait to share it. It's going to be absolutely incredible. But until then, enjoy your weekend, stay safe, and remember to breathe.